When it comes to nurturing and caring, we often think of mom as the best one for the job. However, there are some unique animal fathers who take on the role of caregiver. Is this random chance or the design of the creator? Stay tuned. God creates patterns that don't have to be so that we see he's truly an artist. This is Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a Creation Radio Journal. I'm Chris O'Brien with the Institute for Creation Research. God's creation never ceases to amaze and fascinate His children. And although scientifically He has allowed us to understand many things about nature, we don't always understand the why behind some of God's designs. Such is the case with a number of creation's unique animal fathers. Come along with us for the next 15 minutes as we go from Australia to the Antarctic to warm coastal waters in search of some special dads of the animal kingdom. Dan Breeding is a professional animal trainer and founder of the educational ministry Creatures of Creation. He takes us to our first stop, Australia. Here we find a pair of chicken-sized birds that are getting ready to start a family. I'd like to tell you about the incubator bird. This is a bird that's from Australia. They also call it the brush turkey or the mound builder, and they call it a mound builder for a good reason. The males, they build a nest, and the female checks it out. If she doesn't like it, they have to build another nest, and these nests take about six months to build because they take these debris, sticks, and leaves, and and all kinds of different organic material that they gather up, and they make these nests 50 feet across, and 15 plus feet high. And when the male incubator bird is finished building this enormous nest, the female will lay the eggs, which are then cared for by the father. After she lays the eggs, she splits. She is out of there. Now, that's for a very good reason, though. What she does is she lays one egg about every three days for seven months. So she lays anywhere from around average 20 to 35 eggs. Now, the amount of eggs she lays in the time, the eggs are about a half a pound each and about the size of an ostrich egg. Now, that's monumental for a bird that only weighs about three and a half, four pounds. So what happens with the eggs once Papa takes over? The female lays these eggs in and around this nest in different areas, and the male has to keep this nest 91 degrees Fahrenheit and 99% humidity all the time. And it has to be precise. And if it's not, these eggs will die and they will not hatch out. But how does the father incubator bird know if the nest is at the right temperature? The male accomplishes this by digging down and he measures the temperature. Um, scientists believe that he either uses his tongue or his beak to measure the temperature. They're not really sure. But on hot days, he piles on sand and other debris to shield the nest from the sun. And on cooler days, this bird will push debris off to permit more sunlight. Now, I mentioned that the eggs need that 99% humidity at all times. So he accomplishes this by digging these conical type of holes towards the egg to allow more moisture into the nest. And then vice versa, if there's too much moisture, he will fill those back up. Just an amazing bird. Australia isn't the only continent where we find unique animal fathers. As we head further south, we come to Antarctica, where we encounter another nurturing animal dad. Dan Breeding introduces us to the Emperor Penguin. Now, there's several different types of penguin, but we're going to talk about the emperor penguin because the emperor penguin dad, 
is an amazing creature because what happens is the female, when she lays the egg, she places the egg on the emperor penguin's feet. And then what he does is God designed him with an egg pouch, which he uses to cover the egg on top of his feet, and he keeps that egg at 95 degrees. And it's just a matter of inches off of the ice. Keeping an egg at 95 degrees in the Antarctic is an amazing feat for the father emperor penguin. But what makes it even more amazing is the fact that he incubates the egg for two and a half months during the Antarctic's winter season. This animal lives in the Antarctic, and they have to endure temperatures 100 plus degrees below zero at times of the winter, and also endure 100 mile an hour winds. And throughout the baby penguin's progression in the egg, mom is nowhere to be found. After she drops that egg onto his feet and he covers it up, she says, See you, honey. I'm out of here. i got to go eat and replenish my body because I've been developing this egg. So she splits and she walks across the ice pack, sometimes 30 to 40 miles in order to get to the water. And then she goes fishing for two and a half months while this egg is developing. But while mom is dining out... What the male does now, besides keeping that egg at 95 degrees, is he goes that entire two and a half months without eating or drinking water. This dad loses up to 40% of his own body weight during this time. So how does Papa Penguin, with up to 40% of his body weight gone, keep from freezing as he endures temperatures of minus 100 degrees? These males, they flock together in these big thousand-plus penguin flocks, and they turn their back to the outside, and when those outside penguin dads get cold, they push their way to the middle. And what they do is they rotate. They have a rotation going on. Okay, excuse me, Henry, I'm getting a little cold, so I've got to move to the middle so I can warm back up. And then Henry goes to the outside and turns his back with all the other guys, and they keep rotating so they don't freeze. And the entire time, they've, they're waddling along with this egg under their pouch. Another fascinating thing about God's design of these creatures is timing. When the chick is ready to hatch, the mama penguin returns and then assumes the role of provider. Now, this unknown signal goes off in the female's head, and she says, oh, my chick is ready to hatch. I'm going to have to split. God created her with that signal. She heads back. And by now, the ice pack sometimes has grown to 50 to 60 miles. And she's able to make that long trek back because more times than not, the day that she gets back to her mail, the chick hatches. Praise God. He is just an amazing designer. Another example of a unique animal father is a fish that lives in warm coastal waters in various places around the world. This nurturing dad has intriguing looks and intriguing abilities. So why is the seahorse so unusual? Well, Dr. Dennis Englund, professor of biology at the Masters College in California, explains. There are some very unique patterns that exist, one of which is a seahorse. Now, this is rather comical because the eggs are deposited in a pouch in the male, right on the front of the male. And as the eggs develop and grow, and embryos develop, the male looks like he's pregnant, which is a very unusual situation. 
perhaps one of the most unusual situations you'll find. The design of this unique animal father is truly remarkable, especially when you consider how the male has the ability in its body to nourish the eggs. Retired veterinarian Dr. Scott Hansen explains. What happens is that in this pouch, blood vessels develop. It's kind of like a placenta in a sense. And these little eggs will be nourished by that blood circulation. So the blood circulation has to carry nutrients and oxygen to the eggs, and the carbon dioxide and waste have to be taken from the egg to the blood vessels. So it, in a way, it is a kind of placenta that the male has to feed these little babies. And remember, there's not just a few. There's up to 600 of these little babies growing inside the abdomen, 600 little creatures that it has to feed. Dr. Hansen says this fascinating reproductive role of the male seahorse strongly supports the truth of creation and does damage to the fraudulent theory of evolution. And uh, you think, well, now, why would that be? Because, you see, in most cases, in almost every other case, it's the mother that bears the young. So for the evolutionists, they have to somehow explain why would the roles be reversed in this creature. It just doesn't make any sense. Nature wouldn't select necessarily for a male mother, as it were. And uh, so there's a real problem for the evolutionist right there. Dr. England agrees. Now, an evolutionist might look at it and say, well, this protects the embryo, and therefore they can survive, and they make it um, to adulthood. Otherwise, they would be eaten up in the plankton, in the water, and uh, they wouldn't survive, and the species would go extinct. Well, all the seahorse would have to do to survive without the male putting them in a pouch is just have many more young like some of the other fish do. Just follow typical patterns that other bony fish uh, exhibit, and they would survive as a population. But no, God designed them to produce fewer young, but to nourish them in the male's pouch. Let alone being in a pouch, it's in a male's pouch. But why would God have created certain animals with such unique characteristics? God creates patterns that don't have to be. In other words, the evolutionist says what has to be will create survival. But God creates things that are very creative that don't have to be. In other words, you see the unusual. You see what you don't expect. If you're looking through the eyes of evolution, you have certain expectations, but you don't see those. And you see something entirely different. In fact, you really cannot come up with an explanation, well, why that? It's just because he wanted to. It's like an artist making a stroke on a painting when they take that brush. Uh, it's a very similar situation. And I think as an artist, God throws in these turns and twists so that we see he's truly an artist. Dr. Hansen. I believe that God is using the seahorse and other animals as a way of confounding or booby-trapping the evolutionists to realize that God's the creator and he alone deserves praise, not nature itself, for these remarkable creatures. We view these animal father caregivers as unique and fascinating because it's unusual to see this relationship in nature. However, with people created after God's own image, just the opposite is true. Dan Breeding says the Bible instructs fathers to give the utmost care to their offspring. You know, in Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6, 
It talks about, and I'll read it for you, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. That is God calling us, mainly as dads, because we're called to be the spiritual leaders. We are to train our child up in the Word. We are to train our child up to seek out God's face in all that we do. And we are going to be held accountable as fathers, even more so than the mothers. And I'm certainly not downplaying the mother's role because mothers are extremely important. But you know what? We are going to be held to a different accountability to train up our children to be God-loving, God-fearing, God-seeking children to seek His plan out for their life and to train them to reach people for Jesus. As our program comes to a close, we hope that you've been encouraged. It's our desire at ICR to show that the Bible can be trusted, both historically and scientifically, and to give facts that will build your faith. As Christians, we need to understand the scientific basis for our beliefs. We pray that this program will aid you in your discovery of science and the Bible. You know, most people aren't aware that today there are thousands of scientists that are convinced of the truth of biblical creation and not evolution. Our non-denominational ministry aims to restore and strengthen the Genesis foundations of the Christian faith. If you've enjoyed today's edition of Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a Creation Radio Journal, why not visit us on the web to find out more about the work of ICR. The address is www.icr.org. Again, www.icr.org. Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a Creation Radio Journal, is a production of ICR. For the Institute for Creation Research, I'm Chris O'Brien. Thanks for tuning in.